Hi, friends, and welcome to the Midwest Mompreneurs Podcast. I am your host, Katherine Snellen, and each week I am going to be sitting down to share honest conversations, real resources, and the tips to help you navigate motherhood and building a business at the same time. Let's be honest, it's not an easy journey when you want to do both, but it is possible. Let's get to it. We are going there today, you guys, from talking about peeing as a mom and pain with sex. Yep, we're, we're going there today. And I am so excited about it because this information is so valuable and I wish that I had had this conversation before I had my son. I am excited to be sitting down with Amanda Fisher. She is a pelvic floor therapist and she's a mom of three boys and she's had three C-sections. We're talking about everything from how she built her pelvic floor therapy business when no one was really offering those services and how she's really built an amazing brand online. If you don't want to hear about all that, trust me, there are so many golden nuggets in this episode. We even talk about how to build a course if you're a service-based business and what it means to really grow your brand on social media. So get ready. This episode is one you will not want to miss. Hi, Amanda. I'm so excited to have you on today and to chat with you. We've met, I think we met three or four years ago. It's been a while. Um, Our paths crossed through a women's networking group in Kansas City. That is no longer, but I'm so impressed because you have grown your business so much. Um, And at that time, you were talking about something that I don't think was really common knowledge to a lot of women, um, and that is pelvic floor therapy. And you not only have built a successful business, but you have an online brand where you're sharing education. You're really putting it all out there and sharing the things that we're all thinking and we're all experiencing, but we don't always have the answers to or have anyone to, you know, relate to on. So I'm excited to chat with you today. And I would just love if you could kind of give your background, how you got started, like why pelvic floor therapy, all of that. Yeah. Thank you for having me first. I'm super excited to be here and to be part of this group. Um, I think it's going to be really, really great beneficial group for a lot of women out there. So um, I got into physical therapy due to having sports injuries in high school. I played volleyball and basketball and was always spraining an ankle or injuring a wrist or something between those two sports, um, playing them competitively and went off to um, college and did my undergrad at Mizzou, graduated and went to Rockhurst um, University out here in Kansas City and decided to do sports med physical therapy. While in school, I was planning a wedding and dealing with the stresses, you know, of grad school and just everyday life and had kind of developed some pelvic floor dysfunction on my own. And um, first of those being was pain with sex, so pain with intercourse, second being pain my pants. So at the time, I'm like 21, 22, and nothing was out there about pelvic pain. Um, Since then, that's a different story with it being 2020, but this would have been like 2008, 2009. And I just remember seeing on like Cosmopolitan, like it was just all about like how great sex was and sex was this, you know, wonderful orgasmic thing. And I was not experiencing that. I didn't know what was going on. Um, Looking back, I had been on birth control for quite some time because I had been put on that as a teenage kid for acne purposes and then um, dealing with tons of stress. You know, that doesn't play well into our body and our immune system, which we now know. And then peeing our pants, you know, that was something that 
you think, okay, you know, it's, it's normal after having a kid, but here I'm young, 20, 21, or 21, 22, and not having had children. And I was training for half marathons and triathlons and peeing my pants while doing so. So I started kind of, I would talk to our gynecologist about it, asking them questions like, hey, I'm having pain with sex. I don't know what to do with that. And it was kind of brushed under the rug of like, well, go have a glass of wine or two and just relax and things will feel fine. Well, I would do that, but then I would get so tipsy, like that didn't seem to help the situation. So then while we were um, for school, we went to a combined sections meeting, which is just getting all the physical therapists across the United States together and um, having different meetings on the different specialties in physical therapy. So you could go listen to sports medicine meetings, geriatric meetings, pediatrics. And um, one of my classmates and I went to a women's health meeting and it was talking about orgasms and how women weren't really having orgasms. And um, maybe the orgasms we were looking for at the time weren't the ones that we should be focused on and that pelvic pain was a thing. And so I'm sitting in this meeting and realizing oh my God, like these are my symptoms. This, this is something that we do in, in my field. And so I finally started getting really curious and um, started digging in a little bit deeper and started doing some continuing education courses during like Christmas breaks and on the weekends and just kind of dove in to women's health. At the time it was called women's health. Um, now we know a lot of us public floor PTs will treat males as well. So it's now more of a um, pelvic health term, which is great. So we can um, treat everybody that we can who has a pelvic floor, which is everyone. And um, yeah, so I graduated Rockhurst in 2011 and joined a private practice physical therapy clinic that was basic sports med and started their women's program there. And a picture actually just popped up on Time Hop today that was like eight years ago of me I would start to hold meetings out here in Lee Summit, um, South Kansas City. And like my first meeting on public health to the community had like three people show up. And I think I called it like bladder, bladder, what's the matter? Thinking, <laughs> oh, you know, 50% yeah. of them see their pants. People are going to show up. They, they're going to want to learn how to not do this. And three people did. And two of them were my best friends, like for support. And then um, we held another one a couple weeks later and like nine people showed up. And then eventually... Um, eight years ago, like I remember having one meeting and somehow we had like 95 women show up into this PT clinic to learn about pelvic health. And I was floored. It was amazing. Um, and just the awareness. And back then it was really, nobody was talking about it. Um, nobody wanted to admit that they peed their pants. I would even ask the question and show the statistics, you know, 50% of women pee their pants. And go into details of it and no one would ever raise their hand. And I'm like, okay, wait, there's like 90 something women in here. Like half of you are doing this and still no one would raise their hand. And it was just really, um, it's really interesting to look back and think like, man, I hustled, I was hustling so hard. And I would, I remember being discouraged by not really getting a lot of support from the community and people wanting to learn about it, but now realizing it was a lot of planting seeds that needed to happen. Um, and as the world more, I think public floor PTs out there, you know, started to see the same thing and started spreading the word that, you know, it's okay to admit that we're having pain with sex and let's learn that it's not normal. Like it may be common, but it's not normal and we need to get help for that. Or maybe it is peeing our pants with working out or um, dealing with symptoms of pelvic organ prolapse. Like we're going to have to talk about it. 
so we can improve it and we can live our lives better and yeah. do the things that we love to do. I actually think you were the first person that even introduced this concept to me. And at the time I was married, but did not have a child. So I remember thinking, oh, that must be for that small percentage of women that have a traumatic birth. I mean, right. prior to having kids, you don't really understand all of the things that go into labor and delivery and, and being a mom in general. And so I just remember thinking, wow, she's a true specialist. This is her area. And I've never heard of this before. And, um, I just remember that time you were trying to like create this brand on social media and no one was talking about this. So how did you kind of go from doing these workshops, really trying to be that leader in the Kansas city area on this topic? And how did you even build that? Because it is such a sensitive thing to talk about. Yes. Um, golly, I don't even know what went through my mind at that time, but I thought, oh, I know what it was. I'm not, this is not my hometown. So I, wanted to still reach the public. Like my mom was on social media, my aunts are on social media, my best friends who were at the time having children and, um, thought, well, I know so-and-so has got issues. So how can I reach them? Well, let's put it on Facebook. And so I would put things on Facebook and I would get backlash. And this was still eight years ago. Um, and I would get major backlash of people like, why would you post this on Facebook? Nobody needs to read about this. And so I would take it down. And then my husband would be like, Amanda, nobody's going to see this if you keep taking down everything because one person, you know, sends you an, a mean message. And so then I just started putting it up there and I would delete or ignore any of the messages that I would see. And then I would notice like, okay, certain posts are getting more likes. Let's try to put those more out there. But man, like the pain with sex ones, I would get more direct messages on pain with sex of what can I do? I feel like I'm disconnecting from my partner. Um, how can I improve this? But very few likes on pictures. So I still kept putting those out there and I would talk about, you know, my history with pain with intercourse and uh, maybe different positions that would work better. And now I post the same picture, I think a couple days ago on hump day and it gets way more likes than it did a year ago. And then I even looked back like a year before that, like just kind of checking results and it would be like crickets. And now it's like, people are like, heck yeah, I want to, you know, have sex from behind or be on top and experience <laughs> clitoral orgasm and, you know, not have pain with it anymore. And now women are like giving their, feeling their voice and like want it back and realizing like, oh, it's not all about, um, you know, just penetration orgasm. Cause maybe I'm not orgasming after having children. And I think we're, I don't know, with everything kind of changing in life right now, women are just feeling it more like, yeah, I want to feel more powerful and I deserve to have orgasms too and deserve not to have pain or feel shameful with that. So um, just, I don't know, I guess that was me wanting just to reach more of my friends that were dealing with it too, because we would talk about it over a glass of wine, but not everybody just opens up about their pelvic issues um, unless you put it out there on <laughs> social media and then you get more, more coming through. I love that you kept posting about it, even though it was uncomfortable and even though no one was really interacting oh, in the content. I mean, I would get crap from my cousins all the time at holiday party. Like, why would you post stuff about pooping with a squatty potty, Amanda? Why are you doing this? And I'm like, I don't know. I feel like it's a really good idea right now. Like everybody needs a squatty potty. But I would, I would get so much backlash at family holidays and now I don't hear from them at all because I think, I think it's showing that yeah. people do want to hear about it. And, and I think when you started, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you started sharing a lot more like 
branded graphics and just like quick tips. And now you've integrated yourself into a lot of it and showing like how you actually do these things and how they've helped you. Um, and I think that that's really interesting because it gives that human element to it and it makes you feel like more connected with it. Um, and I, I'm just curious, like how that kind of transformed. I think I remember asking, I think it was you at the networking thing, like, man, you take such beautiful pictures. And it was the like stacking, like you had a perfect white background, everything gorgeous. And I didn't know how to take a picture of a pelvis, like with the stuff that we did and make it look as perfect. So I thought, man, it's, I live in a pretty imperfect world. And what we're dealing with is, you know, uh, it's not, nothing's perfect in the pelvic floor region, um, like we would want it to be. So I just thought if I could share my details in a, a silly way or a realistic way that maybe that would help it seem like, oh, okay, this crazy lady with three boys <laughs> is dealing with this too, then yeah, maybe it, maybe it's more relatable. Cause I, I had the hardest time with being a pelvic floor physical therapist, trying to figure out how to make it get that branding. I feel like that was so hard. And then it kind of did just take off with the whole I don't know, personal touch maybe. Yeah. I really have no idea how. And I'll still try to post in the like putting words on a beautiful background and those do not go over as well. <laughs> but I'm like, you can see the details right there. It's telling you what to do. And there are not as many likes for, um, for what I do. But if I sit on a toilet with a squatty potty with a sign that says, you know, would poop here again with five stars on it, like people go crazy. So it's, um, yeah. But I'm I think you nailed it on the head. More. You were speaking to your audience. Like, I obviously am talking, I have a marketing business, so I'm trying to show that I can do these things that, that brands yes. want. So I'm selling a completely different service, talking to yes. a whole different audience than you. And I think that also just now in 2020, especially with everything that's happened, people are craving that authenticity. They're creating the relatability. And when we can see you actually doing this, it, I would think it would give more of a sense of trust and working with you because it is such an intimate, it's a scary topic to go in and, and have that kind of experience. So, yeah. and that, I think that's the biggest thing we've seen in the last year too, is more people have decided, or when they come in, they feel that trust already. And they're like, Oh, I, like they'll look at pictures and they're like, Oh, there's your boys. And I'm like, Oh, hi. <laughs> they're like, Oh no, we, we totally stalk you on Instagram. I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah. That's my family. And yeah, that's the crazy one. Like they already feel like they do know you because they, I do post about my family and how crazy our kids have been and their food allergies or uh, maybe how our deliveries were with them. Cause we ended up with three C-sections that you know, weren't really planned. Um, and so people do, they feel like, okay, you, you've been there, you have an idea of it, or, um, maybe we saw you speak at the lactation group or you post a picture about that. Like you kind of have an understanding of what's going on or they can see what we're doing in here. Um, and know that they're not the only one dealing with those symptoms. Like it is a, we really do see that all day long. So then they feel more comfortable too. Cause I think, um, for the longest time, anybody, we haven't heard it probably in a year now that people have come in and usually they think they're the only one with their dysfunction. Um, and now that they realize like, okay, my business is called empower your pelvis. Like this is what we do for a living. Um, and it's a crazy name. People chuckle at it. People get like weirded out by it, but it is what we do. It says it in the name. So hopefully that they, when they come in, they feel more comfortable. Um, yeah. I, I love the name and I love what you're doing. And I would love to just know 
you've, your business has transformed. It started with just you offering these services. Now yeah. you have a team of physical yeah. therapy specialists. Like how has that transformation been? And then also I want you to kind of dive into your online brand because not only are you doing one-on-one um, -on -one consultations with your clients, but you are offering all of these amazing courses and education and programs that I think, I mean, it, it is empowering women. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, the team, um, Morgan is joined our team first. She uh, was a student of mine back a couple of years ago and um, we've stayed in contact. She's awesome. We went to, she also went to Mizzou undergrad and she's, gosh, each of our teammates has their own, I don't, like she's so good with people. I love how she engages with them. Then she's incredibly knowledgeable. And then, so she joined, she worked for, helped me out on the side when we were really busy back in the fall and then joined the team officially in January of 2020. And then Heather, her and Heather actually worked together where they were prior to joining Empower Your Pelvis. Um, and Heather has dealt, has her history of dealing um, with her own like infertility and being pregnant with twins. And um, she's worked with males in the past as well. So each of them has their own little niche with inside our pelvic floor niche that they bring really great set of values to our business. Um, and Heather joined us right when um, coronavirus happened. So I think she worked here for a week before or got to work here for a full week before we had to close down and change things. Um, and we, I started doing online courses back last June, June, 2019. Um, I, which kind of led me to opening my business three years ago was I had worked at places and at the time was working for corporate America, um, as a, uh, pelvic floor PT physical therapist and realizing what I was seeing women weren't getting what I thought they deserved in the pelvic floor region after having a baby. So waiting for corporate America to decide when they wanted to do that was not, I found out not my personality. So I thought, you know what, I'll quit, start my own business and I'll make it happen. So, um, two year after, and then I got pregnant. So that put a, a hold on things. So had our third baby and during the third baby started writing our body after birth postpartum program. And so that takes women, I realized women really don't have anything that they can do without before they're released for exercise, but we're missing a huge chunk of time that they can rehab that pelvic floor and have it ready to actually do exercises at that six weeks. So that started that one. And then the C-section program started last year where um, I just feel like women leave the hospital and have no idea what they're supposed to do after a C-section besides avoid stairs for two weeks, don't drive for a couple weeks, don't lift any more than baby. And then you go back at your six weeks and you're released to you know start working out. And again, if this were any other part of the body, we would have you in physical therapy a week to two weeks after having surgery or sooner, and you'd be going through a protocol of how to rehab your ACL injury, how to rehab after back surgery, how to rehab after rotator cuff surgery, and you wouldn't be running or throwing a ball at six weeks post-surgery. Yet we are, our women, maybe it's not from the doctors, and it's really probably not from the doctors, but more social media, like we think, I'm released, I can start running again, or I need to start my high intensity workouts again. And there it's a big no, no for a lot of those women. Now, some women might be ready at that six weeks. Maybe they didn't tear with a vaginal birth. Maybe they didn't have a C-section, but a lot of women need to rehab and re-coordinate that body to work for them. So they don't end up with an injury later on. 
because having an injury when you're postpartum and already taking care of kids is awful and it, it takes so much longer to heal. So if we can start that healing process earlier, we found really good results with our women. So we like to take, and then uh, realizing I wanted to reach more than the Lee Summit Kansas City community. So that's why it went online. So we have had women not only just across the United States, but over in Germany and the Philippines and Canada, Lithuania and India. Um, it's been incredible to reach these women across and listen to how things are in their country with treating postpartum um, and just, I don't know, being a community there to help them out with their healing and how to connect the core and the pelvic floor again. It's been really awesome. And um, then we pivoted a little bit more through quarantine too and offering more postpartum and pregnancy classes. And it's, gosh, it's been awesome. It's been really cool. I love that we are in this type of world right now that we can do that and just reach way more women that have questions on this still. Yeah, that's so amazing. And as a C-section mom myself, like, I can attest that I, well, it was not planned. So it was an emergency C-section. I had no idea that that would be my journey. And I did not know how to take care of myself afterwards. And as such a doer and like an active person, I am that person that went back to working out at six weeks, doing very high intense workouts because I thought, oh, I've got to get my body back. I've got to move and, you know, de-stress. And I just there was no information. There was no recommendation to speak with a pelvic floor therapist. And it still was such a new concept that I, it just didn't even pop into my mind at that time. Maybe I should consider this. So how are you reaching these moms now? Is it typically the new mom or is it the mom that's maybe on the second or third or, or even more babies that is realizing, okay, I've got to do things differently. Um, I would say unless they new moms, will mostly come from their referrals, their OB, their midwife. If they've torn third, fourth degree vaginal tear or had a C-section, that's where our new moms will come from. Our second and third time moms are like, been there, done that, missed out. And I do not want that to happen with my second or my third. So they're the ones that will typically come during pregnancy and do a couple visits of like, okay, I know I wasn't working my pelvic floor prior to help me out with childbirth. I want to figure that out. And then number two, like, I know I want to rehab this after. So they'll come for a couple visits um, or a couple even exercise times beforehand. And then we'll see them postpartum because they're like, we're not messing this up again. Like we're definitely taking care of it. That because we have been preaching so much on social media about what we call it prehab and then rehab. Like you want to prepare for it because childbirth is an athletic event. It needs to be treated that way. It's like a marathon, whether you're in vaginal labor or end up with a C-section where people will typically think that's like the fast food fix, but it's not. A C-section is so much more in depth. It is major abdominal surgery and it needs that recovery afterwards. And you would think like, oh, well, I didn't push a baby out of my vagina. So my pelvic floor shouldn't be it shouldn't be that I need public floor physical therapy that shouldn't be involved, but you've got the weight of baby and uterus for that whole pregnancy. So it does take a toll on it. And then you're dealing with scar tissue that might be affecting the mobility of those muscles or of the organs. So it's, it's kind of like a double whammy. You've got, you got to get both sides of, you know, the core abdominal section in the pelvic floor to get those working well again, to have that healing process. So everyone is a candidate um, with childbirth for pelvic floor physical therapy. Some just might be less visits. Again, if you didn't tear with a vaginal birth um, compared to maybe 
a grade three or grade yeah. four tear episiotomy or a C-section birth. Yeah. And I think it's so interesting because I feel like for so long, I even remember my mom joking to me when I was a kid, like, yeah, I peed my pants a little bit. Like for so long, it was just like, if you have a child, you will pee your pants and that's okay. And that's normal. And I love that what you're sharing is like, that doesn't have to always be the normal. And yeah. that there are you can do and just bringing that awareness because so many people are just going through their day-to-day and doing things that they don't realize like are affecting them and it mm-hmm. can be changed so I think yeah. that that's really amazing mm-hmm. going back into like the courses and the online education how did that start like because that's not your background you're not a marketer you're not an online business entrepreneur no. like how did you decide okay I've got to offer these services is, is it because you were getting so many requests from people outside of the Kansas city area? Like what kind of like started that? Because I know there's so many women that work in a a particular service industry and they maybe want to explore online, especially now. Um, at the time I was listening to a lot of podcasts by like Jenna, Jenna Kutcher, um, and realizing she had courses on teaching people how to do Pinterest, how to do Instagram. And I thought, well, how can I put that to my business? And because we were getting so many messages from people all over the place, it kind of just popped into my head last May, I think is when I started thinking about it. And, um, then by June we were launching it. And at the time it had started out just as a Facebook group. Cause I thought that could be the only way to get people together would be through a Facebook group. And then realizing like, okay, not everybody does Facebook anymore, or we're in so many groups, it's really confusing. So then it started, um, I started listening, continuing to listen to these people that were creating these courses and decided to launch it as, um, um, as an online platform through Kajabi. And which is actually really cool because they can download an app on their phone, the Kajabi app, and then it's all there on their phone. So if they're breastfeeding their baby or, you know, they get a split second where the kids are down for a nap, they can just have their phone with them and go through the exercises or go through the videos on their phone at any time. Um, But then there's printouts and we still have our group calls on Facebook for anybody who is on Facebook and have our C-section community. And then um, we do our weekly live zoom slash Facebook calls as well. So it's, it's been really fun. It's been a learning. And I tell that each group that starts, like it is a learning curve for me because that is not my background at all. And I'm learning. Um, and I still realize like, I know nothing about marketing. Like I'm just kind of, I don't know, throwing it out there and seeing what happens, but realizing like we could probably have so many more women if I knew how to target that, (laughs) hopefully. Um, but it was to help these women. My main thing back, gosh, even when, when I was with corporate, like, I just feel like we're missing out on so many women that continue to have babies and don't have the answers or that are missing out on their rehab. And that was seemed to be the best idea at the time of how can we reach more of those women and get to them to help with their healing. Um, and even the girls in the course, it seems to be like their second or third pregnancy. It's not, or postpartum, it's not their, their first baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's so interesting. And I love that you tried it one way and then pivoted to, to do it differently to help serve these moms that are taking your course. And, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're doing like groups at a time, right? You'll start a program and then it'll have an end date. Yes, that's, that's how it's been. Um, it started out as four weeks and then realizing mom life, it's not perfect. So we need to change it and pivot it to a little bit longer time frame. So we went 12 weeks. I even got a little bit of backlash on that of like, well, why, if this is like supposed to work, why does it take 12 weeks? 
because life happens. And then this 12 week group started right at quarantine. And I think everyone in the group would say like, we're so thankful it's 12 weeks because we were all readjusting our schedules, our family schedules, now teaching school, like nothing was the same. Um, but it takes a good eight weeks to create strength. And we're trying to down train muscles and then up train them with strengthening. It needs time to do that. And with Corona happening, I had more women that weren't able to go see their pelvic floor PT or they weren't they were, Everything was virtual and they had found um, our C-section group. So we actually have what I would call our newbies. We've got our like group, our 12 week groupers, and then our newbies that have joined in. And so we've kind of got um, a different feel right now of like some of them are, or most of the newbies are like first time C-section moms that just couldn't get in anywhere or don't know what to do. Um, where our, our 12 week groups are more of our second and third time moms. So it is a little different right now. I'm trying to turn it into an evergreen. So it will be available for anybody, but I'm learning how to do all of that. Um, because I, my heart wants to be with each person that walks through the course. I want to give them my time and availability. I want to be, have coaching calls with them. So there, if, because most of us have questions after a C-section, you wonder, you, you know, what's going on? What can I do? How much can I lift? Um, where I don't want it to be just a course and them not have any contact with me. So trying to get, put that down as an evergreen um, has been a little bit of a challenge, but because um, that's what I love about the group so much is I get to know all these women. I get to know their families, um, what they do for a living and how they're exercising. And I want to make sure that that can continue on as that evergreen does too. Yeah, it's so interesting that you say that because I, for so many years, put off doing a course, even though I work in marketing, there's so many things I could easily do and was yeah. instead doing in-person workshops. But then of course, with coronavirus and losing income, I was like, okay, I'm launching this course, it's happening. Yeah. And I did it similar to you without even realizing, but I wanted that one-on-one connection with whoever I was working with so they could really get as much value as possible, which yeah. I don't see a lot of. I feel like most people create a PDF or a video series and launch it. Yes. Um, yes. But so I appreciate hearing that from someone else in another industry, because I think that, you know, your brand is, you know, you pour so much into it. You want people to have this amazing experience. And yeah. I think that that's really what gives you that word of mouth referral where people are just going to keep coming back and, and sharing that course experience with so many more people. Thank um, you. So I think that's what I hear from other people too, who have, who do have the courses out there. Cause I'm like, the girls have my cell phone. They can text me at any time. And they're like, you give your cell phone out. Why would you do that? <laughs> it's just, that's how like we women right now run on text messaging. And if a phone, like maybe a phone call isn't going to work, maybe a zoom call, which I love. We do all do Zoom calls um, every other week with these girls, but if they've got a quick question because they're out on a run and they feel something or their core is pooching again, then yeah, I want them to be able to get in touch with me because I don't want them to go through the full course and not be happy because something was just not working well. Like we can, it's an easy adjustment that we can do and making sure that, yeah, they are getting the value and everything that they need to Accomplish, yeah. what need to accomplish. And I'm sure everyone's experience and needs are so different too. So it's yes. giving them those, like that base foundation, but also that personalized experience. So I love that. I think it's a necessity. It's yeah. Good. I'm also curious, um, just how you are finding time to balance all this. You are a mom, you have a large family, you have a business with many facets to it. Like, like where, how are you doing this? What are the secrets to your success? Ooh, uh, that's a loaded question. So 
I don't know if I'm balancing, but I'm juggling for sure. Um, and I realized I needed to take care of myself if I was going to be able to still take care of my family. So I get up super early. Um, I get up between four and four 15 in the morning because mama needs to work out and get some of her stress release. Um, so I do that. So then I can get home and work a little bit before my kids wake up. Once my kids are up, all else is gone because now I'm their mommy. I'm there for them um, until I get to work. And so with being on quarantine, it kind of threw us for a loop because you're home working with the kids there all the time. And now we're teaching school and it was really hard to balance it. And I realized what I was missing was my schedule, my structure that I was used to. So we had to get back to that structure of, nope, I am still waking up so early. I am getting my workout in, um, but then I'm going to give you your mommy time. But I had to make sure I got all that in before like 5.30 in the morning or 6 o'clock because that's when my kids wake up. I've got three boys. They're ages 6, 4, and 2. So they get up early and boys are just full-blown energy yep. all day <laughs> long. So then when they go to bed at night, now with it, you know, they feel like it's summertime because it, it kind of is. Um, they're not going to bed as early as they used to either. So I'm not getting as much done after they go to bed. And then it's kind of like, okay, my husband needs time. So um, it's, it all comes down to a schedule structure for me anyways. And I have to write it down. If it's not written down, if it's not scheduled, it's not happening. So it's become a ritual that every Sunday I make sure I go through my week. I know what's going to happen Monday through Friday for my kid or Monday. Yeah. Monday through Friday with my kids used to be ball practices. It's not that anymore right now. Um, but when is school, when do, when are conference calls? Um, and then I fit in when my husband's work, when are his conference calls? And then it's my schedule. And when am I working things in? Um, and then the healthy eating, cause we got into eating really crappy and I was exhausted and then not a fun parent or, um, getting as much done as I needed to here. So getting back on that nutrition piece too. So it's a juggle. Um, but if I miss, if I miss my schedule, the day kind of falls apart. So I have to yeah. make sure I stick to that. Yeah. I feel that so much. And I cannot imagine having to homeschool three boys right now. I feel like that is an entirely separate job. A whole new ball game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And just keeping them entertained. Um, but it is really inspiring. And I'm sure like having the team now helps you because for so long it was just you running this business oh, and doing everything. Yeah. yeah. I can. Do you have any tips for someone that is going from being a solopreneur to maybe adding someone onto their team? Who, um, we do prior to COVID when we were all together in the office at the same time, it was weekly meetings. So if we have goals that we have set for ourselves or our patients, um, or maybe what we want to do with our community. It's meeting. We would meet every Monday, um, for lunch and kind of discuss that. What's our plan? What's our plan as individuals? Um, how can we help each other grow? How can we're maybe, do they want to do a program online? How can we all do that for what's really cool about our team with empower your pelvis is we're we're all about wanting to give back to the community and really reach more of, um, that, I don't know, our public group around here. And we had prior to COVID planned to do a lot of the stuff that ended up going online. We were planning to do in person in our community. And then we just were like, well, we're still keeping the date. We're just going to pivot it and go online. So um, I don't know, just the, the whole team together, really everybody being a supportive aspect um, 
has been really helpful. I don't know. I'm sorry. That's a bad. Yeah, <laughs> no. I mean, if you can take pelvic floor therapy into an online program or event, I feel like anything can be done online because that is just something you typically wouldn't think that you yeah. can educate on. Um, what are just to kind of wrap up some quick tips you would share if someone is like, should I look into this? What are some things to look for as women, as moms? Um, and then where can we follow you on your journey? Yeah. So, um, what we would say are pelvic floor dysfunction, like things when you should probably see a pelvic floor physical therapist is if you are peeing your pants, coughing, sneezing, laughing, running, jumping, um, any of those activities like peeing your pants is not normal guys. It's common. It's not normal. And if you are doing it now, it's only going to get worse. So we want to improve those symptoms. So you are not peeing your pants and you can keep your pants dry. Um, feeling something like pressure in your vagina, what we would call pelvic organ prolapse, um, where the tissue may be a little weakened where your bladder might be falling into the vagina or your rectum or the uterus is coming down. We can, you can do exercises to start strengthening that up. And that is again, not normal. It's a common symptom. And then pain with intercourse is another, another one that, you know, sex is supposed to be great and wonderful and let's keep it that way. So if you are still feeling that pain after having a baby um, with intercourse and are just not feeling that connection piece, it might be time to see somebody because maybe you've got scar tissue down there that needs to be worked out or that muscles forget where they're supposed to be because maybe they're, you know, guarding and they're a little bit more contracted. Um, so yeah, I would definitely reach out to your provider and ask for help, or you can find us too on social. We're um, Empower Your Pelvis on Instagram and on Facebook, I think it's just Amanda Fisher still, um, just Amanda Fisher, comma DPT on Facebook, and then empoweryourpelvis.com as well. Thank you so much, Amanda. This was such good information. I feel like we covered so much. I have so many things to think about now, and I, I think that this is going to be so helpful for so many moms, whether it's a new mom or a mom of multiples, and um, I appreciate your time during this really crazy, crazy season of life, so thank you. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Midwest Mompreneurs. I'm your host, Katherine Snellen, and I appreciate you so much. Let's keep the conversation going on social media. You can follow me on Instagram at the Katherine Elise.